Talking Illinois High School Football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome to View from the West podcast. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong, and this week, Starting out right away, I'm joined by my co-host last week, back on again. We're going to talk uniforms. We're going to talk high school football. Mitch Stormer, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, happy to be back once again. Hey, and Mitch, we actually have like real high school football to talk about. Like they're on field practicing again, which we haven't seen in, what, 18 months or more, I suppose? Yeah. Well, and really, if, if you go back to whenever the IHSA was organized or whenever they started playing football, this is probably one of the first times that they've ever played football in the spring, you'd have to think. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And there's probably never been this big of a gap between seasons. So it's certainly yeah. unprecedented times. But man, the, the enthusiasm that you see on Twitter and just the pictures and everything, it's great to see it all back here. Thank you to everybody who listens, who subscribes. You know, follow us on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email to ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. It's going to be a great show this week. We're going to be talking to a defending state champion head coach, from the Sterling Newman Comets, Brandon Kretzmer. He's entering his second season, albeit it's a little bit weird of a second season, but uh, he'll be back guiding the Comets and hopefully trying to, you know, not defend a state championship, but keep certainly on the top of the Three Rivers. We'll also, Mitch, speaking of the Three Rivers, be speaking a little bit about some uniforms. We yeah. got the UniView Power Rankings back for week two. This week, we're talking about the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. But Mitch, first we got to start talking about football's back on the field. Teams are practicing. What's it been like for you to be scrolling through and seeing that stuff? It's exciting. Yeah, it, like you said, it, it's been a long wait for, for a lot of people, especially for the players. You know, first and foremost, you, uh, you give your props to, to the IHSA and whoever made this possible that they didn't completely give up on the season. Um, and, and they're given that chance for, for players of any class, but it's certainly especially seniors who are uh, looking for something special. And I'm sure... I don't want to speak for all of them, but I'm sure that they'll take, if it's four games, if it's five games, if it's six games, whatever that they could get for, for one last go around. Um, I'm sure that they're appreciative. So shout out to the IHSA for not really shutting this down, but yeah, um, it, it somehow feels like fall, you know, maybe it's, it's still, there's a chill in the air uh, being, uh, being March, but uh, you start to see the, the teams that are starting to, you know, practice indoors to start and I think they get what two or three weeks before games start so we'll probably start seeing uh, more pads coming up and then I think that's when it'll start to get even more real than it feels now. Yeah it's just you know crazy to think of the time of year we're in but then also like man for as much snow as we had on the ground and then that first day of practice yeah there was still snow it had been pushed to the sides but the weather was great I mean the weather yeah. Oh, it, like you said, it almost seemed like fall. So I know that there's, you know, plenty of teams excited to get back this week. You know, in a few minutes, you're going to hear from head coach Brandon Kretzmer. His team, man, they're definitely excited. They're defending state champions. They, you know, they've been itching to get back on the field for, you know, as much as anybody just to defend their, you know, defend their crown. And they right. won't, the bummer is, you know, no team's going to be able to go to the playoffs. And that certainly makes it a unique year. And the other thing you referenced is, it's kind of an unbalanced schedule, depending on, you know, what you can and can't do with the size of your school or with availability of athletes. I know some teams are doing four games. Um, I think the maximum is six, but it's, it's going to be weird. But I think, you know, I, earlier, a couple of weeks ago, talking to head coach Mike Morrissey from Moline, 
you know, like he said, they're just thankful to be on the field at all. So I think, you know, that's the thing you take out of this is, you know, you're thankful to be there. And also, you know, this could be an interesting year as far as teams experimenting a little bit, trying some things out and seeing what works and also preparing some of those sophomores and juniors. You know, what do you think? What, what, what is this fall or this spring season going to look like when you start thinking about preparation for the fall? Right. I think that's probably what more teams are looking to do more than not. Um, obviously, like we talked about, we're, we're giving an opportunity to those seniors for one last go around. But if you look at it a different way, uh, this is something that's never been done for it. You know, teams can't practice in the spring. Um, and if, if they're going to, I don't want to say that teams are going to treat it that way, but it, you know, let's, let's call it like it is. It's, it's going to be a season that's just glorified exhibition games. If they don't, I'm not going to say they don't matter because they obviously do, but if they don't count for anything, if there's no conference title, if there's no playoffs, this is a chance to really get some, some momentum going into the summer. It, you know, the kids aren't really going to get much of a, of a, of a break from when fall ball starts back up. Hopefully fall ball starts back up on time. Um, and so, yeah, you wonder how, how teams are going to approach that or you, that's probably a good question for the coaches is how do you start in the spring and, and essentially have, if you're just counting regular season games, 13 games in a six or seven month span. Um, obviously there's summer break in between there, but um, that's a lot of football, but that's also an exciting prospect to have. Yeah. And I think it depends on who you talk to talking to coach John Schlemmer. And he said, you know, we're, we're going for it. Like we, we want to win every game. And I know every coach is going to tell you that they want to win every game, but I think then you also hear from, you know, Moline and, and coach Morrissey saying that, you know, we're going to try some things that maybe we hadn't tried before. And so I think there's a little bit of difference in philosophy there and sure every team's trying to win but maybe there are some things you try that you don't normally try but then on the you know opposite end of that there's a team like Newman and, and coach Kretzmer talked about like numbers is a concern that mm -hmm. you only have so many bodies and you want to keep everybody healthy all the time but especially now when you start talking about a condensed spring and then summer which is going to look different than normal and then boom fall football is back again so I think that you know Coach Kretzmer is really thinking about that as well, which we're going to hear in the interview coming up soon. So I think there's a lot of stuff to be balanced out. But overall, there's a lot of football teams that we're excited to watch and that I think everybody's excited to see get one last chance if you're a senior or, like you said, build momentum if you're a you know, younger team. Mm -hmm. Yep. Shout out to those coaches who are willing to, to try something new, whether it's if they've got maybe – if they're a first-year or second-year coach, maybe they they're, now they got their feet wet, they got – uh, a few chances here in the spring to maybe do some things they hadn't before. Maybe it's a new, uh, a new, a new package, a new formation package. It's new players. It's just trying things out. They don't want to show maybe too much that they might want to save for the fall, but it certainly gives them game prep um, and a chance to maybe see kids that they uh, were thinking about or on the edge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, looking around the Western side of the state, you know, the teams that stand out to me that, that I want to watch this fall are teams that were there last year till the very end. You know, teams that we saw in the semifinals. I'm looking at Anwan Weathersfield. I'm looking at Princeton. Both of them, heartbreaking losses, falling just short, and so many expectations for both teams. And the, the sad part is they're not really going to get to live it out, but they still get to be on the field. And, man, those kids get to put the jersey on. And I think you know as well as anybody, you know, that that's a special feeling. Regardless of what's on the line at the end of the day, just to be able to go out and do it, be able to get those reps is important you know what teams are you looking at what what teams do you want to see this this spring I keep saying fall I keep wanting <laughs> to say fall yeah 
Well, that's that's the benefit of, of the area that we're in. It's such a strong area, and it always it always has been uh, for teams. If we're just you know teams that either we've talked about or teams that we're going to talk about, the two of them are defending state champions, and two more, three more are uh, semifinalists, quarterfinalists. So if you're talking about Lee Wynn, are they going to be as dominant as they were last year? You go to Newman, are they going to continue? I mean, they they rolled over 2A last year. Same with Lena and 1A. They just rolled through it. So are they still going to continue to do that or, or move to do that if the season kind of comes more full term uh, in the fall? Uh, is Princeton going to make a, you know, another run? They've, they've certainly got the personnel to do it. Um, and then, you know, teams that maybe didn't have a very good year in the fall of 2019, how far have they come? You know, at the BVs, the Sherrards, you know, how – how do you how do those teams take the next step forward and I think that this is a good way to do it if that they're going to play four or five games in the spring use that time to really focus because like we talked about you've never had that before usually in the summer you know the only competition that you might see against other teams is like seven on seven and so that's good if you're comparing your skill players but that's not you know seeing the whole the whole team as a group so um, those teams that might not have had a good year in 2019 are you making that step I hope that they are I hope success for every every team hope for great competition and then those teams that are at that level, can you sustain it? How are you going to sustain it? Um, it's just, like I said, in our area, there's just so many teams that are good uh, that we have a, a wealth of options to, to look for. Yeah, a few more teams that, you know, I think of when I, when I think about this season is, you know, teams like Moline, Rock Island, they were knocking on the door in the Western Big Six and Sterling came in and got the job done. But those teams are right there. And I think another one, you know, United Township, I think they're, I think they're climbing. I think they're going to turn the yeah. corner. I really like what head coach Nick Welch has going on there. And, you know, even a team like Galesburg, it seems like they're kind of on like an every other year trajectory that they, you know, they had a really good year of success and then they slide a little bit, but then they bounce right back. So this is the thing. Yeah. Like, do they bounce back this spring? Will that momentum carry them to the fall? Like there's, so many storylines. Yeah. That's like you said. Well, I love and this even area and even that. going even going back to the track eight, a team like Morrison who made it to the quarterfinals before running into to Anawan, they were undefeated until that, and probably the best scoring defense in the state. If you look Absolutely. at their results from that year, I think I think I looked it up. I know that the most that they surrendered was twenty, and like eleven of their twelve games were twelve and under. Like it's just insane. So they were single digits. They held a lot of teams right. to under ten, which was amazing. And, yeah. Right. And so you 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 wonder, you know, where they came from, um, you know, winning side titles in in two thousand nine, two thousand eleven. Then kind of fell back for a few years, but then they kind of got back to that level. Um, can they sustain are they gonna get the athletes that they had last year? They're gonna are they gonna have that speed because like we've been talking about with this condensed spring, not only do you have football, you've got baseball, you've got track. I feel bad for those kids that might either have to make a decision. I don't, I, I think the way the IHSA space it out, they, they, they're still going to be able to do that, at least in terms of, of football kids still going to be able to play their spring sports. I think they did phase that out that way. So I hope that that's true. Um, and I hope that they play because like I said, that there's a team that has a lot of speed and can really make noise. Even if it's just in this spring session, they can make some noise. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks when it comes to, you know, that that time frame. It's going to be tight. And, you know, I, I think that no one really has all the answers just because no one's ever really been through it. So it'll certainly be an interesting spring. I think at the end of the day, we all agree that we're glad that there's some actual football to talk about. Certainly, they're always excited to talk football at Sterling Newman. This week, we were joined by head coach Brandon Kretzmer. Great interview, has a lot of great stories. So let's jump right in at the after that. We'll come back and we'll talk some uniforms. How's that sound?
Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Let's hear from head coach Brandon Kretzmer. Well, I've talked to conference champions and playoff teams from 2019. I think it's about time I talk to a state champion. I'd like to welcome in Brandon Kretzmer, second year head coach of the defending state champion, Newman Comets. Brandon, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Greg. I've uh, really been enjoying your podcast so far. You've had a lot of great coaches and have had a lot of great insights, so I appreciate you having me. Well, Coach, I think uh, you and me can both be excited to say that football is officially back. We are, we are in, in season, you know, essentially again. Um, just for clarification, we're recording this on Wednesday night at about 8.30. So you literally just got off the practice field a few hours ago for the first time in, what, half a year and a half? Tell me about what that's like, man. That had to feel good. Yeah, unbelievable. Juices are flowing again. I actually did some uh, number crunch, and I had 460 days since we left the the Cal State uh, the Cal Stadium as state champ. So it's been a long time coming. Uh, first day of practice was great. A lot of energy. Kids were excited to be out there, and that was the best part about it. But uh, again, we had an hour and a half practice. It felt like we were out there 10 minutes. I just wanted to keep going, but uh, can't wait for tomorrow. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I bet there's, you know, teams around the state that feel exactly like you do. But, man, for you guys in particular, being state champions, you were really itching to get back, I'm sure. And so that's, that's got to feel extra good. You know, like I mentioned, second-year head coach. So you're, you know, first year uh, as a head coach, and you win a state title. So you're one for one. So that's, that's a pretty impressive streak to try to keep going. Yeah, I set the bar too high. I can only go <laughs> down. So, but, no, obviously, we were very lucky my first year. Obviously, I stepped into – a program that's foundation was already built with what coach Poposi did. So uh, I, I don't want, it was easier, I guess, than stepping into a program where you had to build the foundation and everything like that. But the kids just bought in and they be believe in what we do at Newman. And uh, again, it was just a memorable ride that I won't forget. Yeah, certainly. You you mentioned uh, coach Poposi and it's, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough month for the Sterling Newman community you know, with Coach Poposi hearing the news of him having a heart attack. And our thoughts and prayers are certainly with him and his family. You know, but I want to ask you about his influence on you, you know, as you made the transition to head coach, but also before that, as you hire, he hired you and you were an assistant for him for six years. Tell me about your relationship and what he means. Coach Poposi, he means the world to me. Uh, obviously, he had a big impact on me as a coach, but more importantly, as a person, um, and you see that, uh, unfortunately, like you said, Coach Poposi had a heart attack and he's doing a lot better. He's at home now, uh, still has a long way to go, but he's making strides every day and that's the type of person he is. But I don't think I heard one person mention a sport when that happened. It was just talking about how uh, great of a man he is and everything he's done for the school and everything he's done for uh, the community. So that just shows that, again, he's won 300 plus games, Hall of Famer, five state champions. Uh, not one person mentioned anything about that. It's just the type of person uh, he is. So uh, obviously a big impact on me. Uh, 2013 uh, was my first year there. Um, and he, he welcomed me with open arms. Uh, usually he has everyone on his staff was uh, either an alumni or um, someone that played for him or someone that has been around the program. And for me to step in, uh, not from around the area, now I did marry in. Uh, to a Newman family. My wife, uh, Michelle, played for uh, Mike as, uh, for girls basketball. Uh, so he welcomed me with open arms, uh, younger coach. With, uh, didn't always agree with what I was teaching the kids, just being the old school that Mike is. And again, obviously it was successful, but he always let me do my own thing. And uh, 
when I got there, being a young coach, it was always about winning and losing, winning and losing, winning and losing. And the, you'll hear Mike always talk about it's not about the scoreboard. It's just leaving it all on the field and turning um, boys into men. And that's something that's really going to stick with me. And that's what our program is about. Um, so then after a couple of years, I uh, started calling defense on the varsity level. And this is a funny story. I just thought about this the other day, thinking about Mike. So I think it was 2016, my first year calling defense. And we had a pretty successful year. I think we lost in the semis, I think it was, to Deer Creek Mackinac. And I was still coaching girls basketball at the time. And before the varsity game, I said, Mike, I just want to appreciate you for let me call defense at varsity this level uh, at the varsity level this year. And he looks at me and this is Mike. I still, I don't know if he was serious or not. He's like, I didn't even know you were calling the defense. So, <laughs> so I don't, he always messed with me. So I don't know if he was being serious with that or not, or, or what, but that's something I'm going to have to ask him someday. But he's like, I had no clue, but you're welcome. So, uh, but then from there, just again, everything he's done for the program, even last year, uh, I always offered, after I got named the head coach again, I, I thanked him. And, of course, the first thing he said to me, God bless Mike, he said, don't screw this up. So, <laughs> and uh, at the, when we got back after winning state, he was like, I guess he, I guess he didn't mess it up. So, uh, but even after last year, um, I asked him, hey, if you want to come out to coach or come out to practice, anything like that, obviously he was more than welcome, but he kind of just stepped away and did my thing. But on game days, he was up in the booth on the headset, uh, helping out as much as, as he could. And I, I'll forever be thankful for that. Uh, but again, just the person and coach Mike is, uh, again, who wouldn't want him to be a mentor for them. I think it's really interesting that uh, you mentioned that when you first started, that there were things that he saw that, you know, maybe he wasn't crazy about or that you were doing things that you had in your head that you think are going to work. What were those things? What do you remember about those first couple years? Uh, just again, coaching linebackers, I played linebacker at the college level. So kind of had new techniques like using your hand instead of a flipper or a forearm uh, when taking on the block. He's like, well, that's just the way we always done it. I said, Mike, this is what they're doing. And I just uh, graduated not too long ago. This is what I was taught. And I showed him video on coaches clinics um, that and then kind of just uh, when I did start calling defense, I was like blitzing a lot. And he's like, just settle down, settle down, just do what we do. So, and that even when I was a defensive coordinator, as a head coach should, he questioned me a couple of times, like, hey, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But uh, overall, he just really let me call uh, what I trusted. He, I think he knew that I, I put in the time and watched film. Uh, but again, as a, as a head coach should, he should question the assistance. Do you think it was good for you as a young guy coming in? Obviously, like a lot of young coaches, you have ideas and you know things that you've seen as a player very recently. Was it good for you to have that kind of check mark along the way with such a veteran coach like Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think in the game of football and young coaches, they want to do all this fancy stuff and what's cool and what does this, but you just got to keep it simple. And I know we run wishbone and some people might think that's old school and whatever the case might be, but it's successful. And, and it's all about the kids buying in with us. Our kids are running this uh, from fourth grade on, and that's a big credit to our junior tackle program uh, that will do exactly. They, they meet with us before every season. And what are you guys doing? We want to run the same stuff. Uh, but yeah, keeping things simple. That's Mike's, that was always Mike's thing. And it's going to carry over. It's like, you could add a little bit, but if it's successful, keep it simple so the kids can play fast.
yeah, it certainly seems like that's always been the, you know, that's the Newman way and that's what works. And, you know, as a defensive guy, when you stepped in and were head coach looking at offense, did you have anything you wanted to switch? I know for the most part, things have stayed the same from an outsider, me looking in, were there things you wanted to change or you, you like what's been there and you like what's worked? Yeah. I mean, we added a few, a few things, but again, it was successful. And I think stepping in, you can't just scrap everything. Like again, we were successful. And if I would have came in and said, all right, we're going five wide. I think I would have been fired before the first game yeah, um, true. by Mike. Yeah. By Mike, you would have been like, all right, you're out of here. Next, next man up. Yeah. Um, but again, it's been successful. And again, Mike being an offensive guy and you know, all you care about is defense. All you care about is defense. And I did, uh, but obviously being a head coach now that I care a lot more about offense and Mike would always, like I said, he'd give me a hard time. I said, Mike, I said, as a defense, you could single-handedly win a game. Offense couldn't score, but a defense, you shut them out and get a pick six or a fumble recover, and he, he didn't like that very much. But, um, but just again, the offense just it worked, but we kind of changed our blocking scheme a little bit. Uh, we just tried to simplify it for the kids. We added a, a couple of different more formations, and uh, we threw the ball a little bit more, which, again, I don't think Mike liked too much, but uh, I definitely think that helped us. And, Again, we had a thousand-yard passer. I don't. I'm. I'm not a big stats guy, and I've only been here nine years now. But I'm not sure the last time a Newman quarterback threw for a thousand yards. It's funny you bring that up because I read that when I was going <laughs> going through some notes preparing for this, and I thought, man, I I don't know that Newman's had that in a while, if ever. So it, yeah, I caught that too. Okay, yeah. So I, I asked Mike, and he said he wasn't sure. He said he thinks he might have had a couple, but we'd have, we'd have definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Well, hey, I saw um, a few weeks ago on Twitter, ESPN had their, you know, their viral tweet that was, what's a sports photo you'll never forget or yep. you'll remember forever. Yep. And you posted the picture of you getting the Gatorade bath into DeKalb. It's an amazing picture. I mean, it just, yep. it's kind of one of those things a coach dreams of, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Take me through that moment and knowing that what you had just done. Yeah. Again, you just kind of, that memory is so vivid that whole day. Well, actually that day just kind of flew by and especially that late in the game, Nashville was an explosive team. Uh, their up-tempo was unbelievable. Um, and we couldn't even practice for it, especially late in the game. Our kids were tired uh, being a smaller school and running in and out and all that stuff. So I just remember like looking at the clock, like, can we hear this up? Like, can this, this clock move faster? And then uh, once you saw uh, our quarterback take that knee the last time and knew you did it and you're just kind of going through that whole year of being named head coach and having the support of my wife and my family and uh, coach Poposi and all that stuff and just it kind of hit home and then all of a sudden I get a nice cold I guess I really wasn't expecting it I was just like I said just caught up in the moment and then out of nowhere just hits you and then after that you're hugging the players and the coaches it's just something you won't forget. Awesome. Yeah, that, that had to be awesome. Talk about last year. Do you remember, was there a turning point or was there, you know, a defining moment that stands out to you and you thought like, all right, this team has turned it on or there's like that light switch? So I talked about it multiple times. It, for some reason, I wish I could bottle this up. Uh, the, right before the first playoff game, we, we, uh, we meet before and usually it's a coach or we bring in a guest speaker or uh, someone just to get the team ready. And out of nowhere, the, our, our captains came to me and was like, coach, we want to talk to the team. I was like, okay, what, do you know what you're going to talk about? And they said, yeah. I said, well, what's it going to be? Like, 
what, what you'll find out at the meeting. So I, I trusted them. Um, and then we just talked about what it meant to be a Blue Machine member, all the journeys, and we, they just wanted to stay together and keep playing together. And again, then obviously we had a pretty successful uh, uh, regular season, eight and one. Uh, we did have a couple close calls. The last couple games we necessarily didn't play our best uh, football of the year. But then after that meeting and the playoffs hit, it was just, we hit another gear. Defense was playing lights out. Offense was just keeping the ball away, having long drives. And so, like I said, I wish I knew exactly what it was, but I think that player-led meeting right before the postseason uh, just really got us focused and wanted to keep uh, being together as a team and being together as a family. Yeah, I mean, tell me about that playoff run. And, you know, what are the highlights? What stands out to you? And obviously, you know, you, things, were, things worked out very well. You know, you, you left on top, so. Yep. Uh, that, that Gibson City game meant a lot for us. Um, they got us the last two years, and they became an annual foe for us. And um, Coach Allen for them, we've kind of become really close uh, close friends playing them the last three years, and we've talked at clinics, and uh, we text back and forth. So he's actually become a really good uh, friend to me. Uh, but, again, they got us two years. And as you know, as we always talk about, we're really close here at Newman, and we always talk about playing for those that uh, – played before you, carry the flag for those that carried it before you. And those two losses for those two teams were heartbreaking. And uh, that's all they talked about all week is, yeah, we want to win. We want to move on. But this is for the last two senior classes that got their season ended uh, against these guys. And um, for whatever reason, those last two years, we played pretty well, but we made our mistakes, which we usually don't. And Gibson City played two perfect games against us. And then the week after, they, they made mistakes. So the whole week, I was like, they're due to make a mistake. They're due to make a mistake. They're due to make a mistake. And literally the first play of the game, they fumbled and we recovered and we scored on our first possession. And I was just like, it was kind of meant to be. Um, so that one really sticks out. Again, it was just, it was more than just winning the second round playoff game. Uh, just seeing how excited the kids were, seeing the alumni from the last two years at that game and just how excited they were and saying thank you and things like that. And, that, and that's what Newman is about. It's a family. And again, it was, was not just that game. It was for the last two classes before them. Yeah. Well, let's, let's look at this year's team. You know, now that you guys have hit the practice field and you're, you're up and running, what do you got in this, uh, you know, spring uh, six game season? Yep. So Still got a quarterback back, so 1,000-yard passer, Jake Ackman, uh, looking for big things. He just committed to play at St. Ambrose. Uh, Andrew Velasquez, uh, leading tackler, leading rushers, coming back. Uh, he really stepped up big for us last year on both sides of the ball. Um, you got Nate Neubauer started at center for us, and he does not look like a center. He looks like a Stretch Armstrong at last year. He said he's up to 210 now, which I don't believe him, but I think he played center for us at – like 180 last year on uh, he's going to be playing defense for us again. Um, and we got a bunch of seniors that are, that played a lot for us last year. And uh, Brady Stevens, again, uh, starting linebacker for us, but he'll probably play fullback. Uh, so sky's the limit. I'm really looking forward to some of the juniors uh, that got, that's another thing too about having that long playoff run is we dress all the sophomores for those, five playoff games. So a lot of them played special teams. 
uh, they were on that journey. So they almost got like another half a season in getting them ready for uh, this next season. Unfortunately, it's a spring season, but there's a couple of guys that I'm really looking forward to, a Will Rude, uh, um, uh, Owen McBride. So there's a lot of guys that we're looking forward to seeing what they could do at the varsity level. I think there's been a Rude on every roster for Newman for the last 20 years, probably longer than that even. Yeah, you got that right. And again, that's that Newman family. We got the Ackmans, we got the Hermeses, we got, yep. like you said, you, you hear Rude, there's probably four or five other names. People are like, how do they still have people at Newman? So, yeah. Yeah. What, what's your kind of mentality going into this spring season? I know I've talked to some coaches about, you know, maybe it allows a little more to experiment and try yeah. some things you wouldn't normally try, or, you know, some sophomores can really get some experience heading into summer and fall. Where do you, where do you fall on it? What are you th thoughts? I agree. We kind of experiment on some things, um, especially for us. Again, we know our base stuff is pretty successful and, and our kids know it inside out and out. So uh, as a coaching staff, we kind of talked about little tweaks here and there, see things we might have talked about in the past or drew up, had in the playbook, but never ran in, in a game. So definitely that. But, again, just getting kids reps, sophomores, juniors. Um, and, again, obviously the seniors are going to play a big role for us uh, this season too. But, again, hopefully the most important thing is have fun. Um, again, it's an opportunity that uh, most of us didn't think we would have, I think, uh, at one point, it was very bleak where we didn't think we were going to get this opportunity. And that's kind of what I stress to the kids, like, be thankful that we get this at all. We're going to have fun. We're going to go out and compete. And no matter what, whatever happens, it's going to help us springboard into the fall because that's going to be coming up quick after, after this spring season. Yeah, I think there's a quick turnaround. And I think for a lot of players and a lot of teams, that could be a good thing because it's going to kind of condense that schedule and you're just going to get a lot more reps in a lot shorter amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, it'll be interesting. I think uh, HSA is going to meet to see what they're going to do with contact days in the summer and things like that. So that's kind of still up in the air. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think Kevin, I, I see it both ways. I see it being condensed. You're going to get a lot more reps, but then you also worry about injuries, um, especially being condensed. And then unfortunately, again, hopefully this doesn't happen to anybody in the state, but fortunately you get a big injury, then you're probably going to miss the fall season as well. So Injuries are something that hopefully uh, no teams in the state really see, but that's always in the back of your mind as a coach. Yeah, that, that, that's certainly something to consider as well. So when I hear you say that Newman's going to try some things, are we looking five wide come this uh, spring season? Absolutely. I can't give away, but maybe, maybe, <laughs> but I can't give away any secrets. Uh, you, know, you know how many people are going to be watching this and say, He's just like Poposi said that all the time and then it ain't going to work anyway. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The secret. Yeah. The secrets don't work like that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Time to go. Time to do a little no huddle here okay. of all the three rivers athletic coaches. Who do you like going up against the most? Who do you like coaching against? Uh, I got to make a pick. They're all tough. They're all really good coaches. I could go from Ryan Odding cause I coached with him at Newman yep. uh, chip, chip filler. Uh, we've had good battles. He's a really good offensive-minded coach. And, uh, again, being a defensive guy, we it's like a chess match with him. Uh, but, obviously, Coach Pearson at Princeton, he's got that thing rolling. So, I mean, game in and game out, there's great coaches, great teams. And uh, they do a little bit uh, that you could go from Orion with Wishbone to 5Y to Wing T with Morrison. So, you got to be prepared. And they're all really good coaches. So, I can't really signal – uh, single out just one, but 
it's I think the track and is one of the best small school conferences if not bigger school conferences in the state and again week in and week out you're going to get everyone's uh, best shot yeah I agree it's a fun conference to cover week in week out for us too you see a lot of good football all right now we're talking college or NFL coach that you could add to your staff just to have that guy to pick their brain who are you going with uh, being a defensive guy, Brent Venables from Clemson, he's a really good, uh, defensive coordinator. I yep. think he's got a lot of different schemes, but then being a Notre Dame guy, a young defensive coordinator up on the up and rise, Marcus Freeman, I think what he did at Cincinnati, um, last year was really good. And I'm excited to see what he could do at, uh, Notre Dame this year. Naming two defensive coordinators. I like it. We have, we haven't had that on the show. I know, on the pod yet, so. had coaches. I, I, and I get it. They were all great. Mike Leach is hilarious. I know uh, <laughs> Coach Shotting loves him. And yep. You could say Saban. You could say Belichick. And they're all good. I could even say Fitzgerald. I know hey, being, they... being from Chicago, I'm a Northwestern fan myself. Uh, but, again, just defense. give the defensive coordinators some love. And uh, those two, I think, are really, really good at what they do. Definitely. All right. So now you've probably heard me ask other people. I asked uh, John Schlemmer, too, about if we're going to eat somewhere after a game, get a great meal. But we're going to talk some Newman football, too. Where are we going? Uh, I would say Kelly's. Kelly's is a bar and yep. grill down, downtown, Mexican food. Uh, their own, a lot of the Kelly's are, are Newman graduates. So you could definitely go there. And if you wear something or bring up Newman, they'll have a lot of stories, I'm sure. So uh, that's one that we go to a lot as coaches and things like that. So Kelly's, have you been to Kelly's? I have not. No, I've probably driven right by it leaving yep. games though. Yep. So I, I would definitely recommend that really, really good food. And uh, yeah, definitely anyone, I guarantee there'll be a Newman alumni there anytime you go there. So that's what coach Schlemmer said the same thing. So that that's, that comes highly recommended twice. There so there you go. Well, Hey, that's all I got for you. Good luck this spring. I look forward to seeing you guys, and, uh, you know, I look forward to more seeing you guys in the fall when we can get some playoff action, too. So. Amen. You and me both, Greg. I appreciate it. So, all right. Have a good season, Coach. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, we appreciate Brandon Kretzmer coming on. Now let's get into the second half. And, Mitch, hey, it's the UniView Power Rankings for week number two. Last week, we broke down the Western Big Six. This week, we're jumping into a conference that you know – very, yeah. very well. The Three Rivers Athletic Conference. So here's how it works. Last week, we picked three from the Western Big Six. They have eight teams. This week, out of the Three Rivers, which has 14 teams, two divisions, we're going four teams, two from each division. The way this is going to work is each of us pick our four, and they're going to be put into a pool, and they're going to stay there until the very end. And then, Mitch, our job is going to be to come up with the definitive top 10 out of those conferences out of the Western big six, three rivers, Lincoln trail and Northwest upstate Illini. So I should have asked you last week, but are you up for the challenge? That's a, that's a tall task. Um, and if anything uh, going through this, especially as we get teams with our conferences with more teams, it's, it's going to be a tough, tough task to do. Well, I thought the Western big six was tricky but I found some real tough decisions in the three rivers as well. So when we did the big six um, and how strong those teams were from top to bottom, my expectations for track eight, even though I had a sense of what it looked like, um, my expectations were a little bit lower because I didn't think that they would be, you know, as high as Western big six. And then as we started to, to look at pictures and get pictures of new uniforms from coaches, 
this is a strong conference of uniforms. Like this is a very, very good conference. What I would say is that there's not the diversity of, you know, different school colors like we saw right. in the Western Big Six. Right. But what we did see here is there's teams trying things. There's teams that look a little new and a little, you know, more flashy compared to some of the Western Big Six that very traditional. They've kept the same look for a long time. I appreciate both. There's, there's, <laughs> right. merits, there's merits in both. So we're going to, you know, we're going to hear about both of them. Yep. Mitch, first of all, I got to say, I love that you still call it the track eight. Because that's, that's an old school, like, only Morrison yeah. alums from a certain era are going to call it that. Because that, not even I do that. And I've been around for covering the conference quite a while. But I'm still three rivers or big rivers. But you're going old school track eight. Yeah. And, and that, as, we, as you and I had talked about uh, uh, privately in my day, uh, I, I played at Morrison from uh, 2002 to 2005. It was big rivers at the time. Yep. Um, and even previously to, to that, uh, Prior to 04, it was two divisions like it is now, but then in 04, it consolidated down to one. And so to see how it keeps kind of fluctuating and changing names, it's kind of hard to keep, keep track of. So yeah, it's track eight in my book. It's always going to be that way. So uh, that's, just, that's just the way it is. Don't tell Matt Randazzo that you call it track eight because he can't even keep straight whether it's three rivers, big rivers. He doesn't know what to call it. So. Well, in, in, in any more, <laughs> you, see, you see a lot in college too. It's, it's track eight, but it, that's because track 14 is not as flashy. So uh, <laughs> that's true. But that's just, hey, that's just what we're going with. Well, if we're starting the uniform talk here, we're going to the three rivers. We're going to the rock. Hey, we got to go to Morrison. We got to go to the land of the Mustangs. Mitch, you know it very well. Tell me about that Morrison Mustang yeah, uniform. This is, yeah, for any of our listeners, this is going to take up a prior, you know, a lot of time here because I've got, <laughs> I've got some stories to tell. Obviously, it's, you know, aforementioned that's that's where uh, I played, um, and where I have most of my information. So, uh, I have three stories for you, Greg. I have three right. stories that you've you've never heard before. I love it. So I wanted to do a little bit of research. I wanted to see if I could find out more of the previous helmet because yes, for anyone who's watching on YouTube, I'm going to hold up. The helmet here for anyone listening yep. it's it's a classic helmet that if you're listening to this podcast and you know the reason why we're doing it you probably know morrison's helmet so prior it's to the michigan, being all, it's the michigan wings or delaware right. wings or however you want to call yeah. it yeah we, we still never figure that out so we're yeah. just gonna leave it so the traditional uh red helmet with the white white wings hard to say <laughs> um i tried to find out when they started that i unfortunately couldn't i couldn't pin it down the earliest memory that i have um, is I was at a, a playoff game uh, between Morrison and Alito. If you can, if you can picture that matchup, That's Morrison and Alito awesome. in ninety in nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Um, so I know I know that they had the stripes at least then. Um, but there is a lull that I'm not quite sure between like nineteen eighty and then. So I think it I goes find, back. I think it goes back to the eighties. But I but it? I'm I'm unsure too. If yeah, I, I know I I've had, heard stories I, before. If I had to guess, and and this will make more sense on the third story that I tell, um, I would guess it was probably in the early nineties when Jerry Navarra took over from Scott Rickles. Okay. Um, and that's just, that's just my guess. I don't know. But if you go even further back in the late seventies and going into the eighties, there was two variations of the Morrison helmet. The, and I don't, I do not know which order that they came in. The first one, which I think was in the seventies was a, was a red helmet. And all it was, was a, a small, a very small, probably like, the size of this logo in context to the, to the rest okay. of the hat of an M and it wasn't like a block M. It was kind of like a curvy type of thing. It was thick. Yep. It, it was a good decision to move on from that. 
Okay. <laughs> so, and what I assume that they moved on to was a, still a red helmet, and it was Mustangs written out, and it kind of like curved like this on the helmet. Okay. So, I know that those two variations existed, so I don't know. I couldn't pin down when the wings started. My second story on the wings is, so when I was a sophomore in 2003, um, the fresh soft team just wore red helmets. They didn't have the wings. Varsity was the only team that had the wings. Yep. I don't think they do that anymore, but um, my sophomore year, I was, I was called up to varsity just on, based on numbers. I would still play in the fresh soft games and then be on the varsity roster. I think I should say allowed six quarters so we could still play both games if we wanted to. Yep. Anyway, so the decision was made that we, since we were going to do that, we would have the varsity helmets. And so, which felt cool because you had the varsity, you know, you Heck had the, yeah. the wings playing the fresh soft game. It kind of made, yeah. kind of put a target on your back, so to speak. But <laughs> so we're in summer camp and it was probably a couple days before the first game, probably at least within the last week of, of summer camp or, or early fall ball. And the coach at the time, Jerry Navarra, was the one who would put on the wings of every helmet on the varsity team. Okay. So he would be, he would like take your helmet and he would bring it back the next day with these wings on. Cause I, at the time I never knew how they got applied. I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was the head coach who would take every player's helmet home with him and he would apply them himself. Now, when Scott Rickles took over in 04, that was not the case. And we had to put them on ourselves, but I always thought that was kind of cool that, that Jerry would, or that coach Navarre, I should say, would put them on himself. Yeah. My third story, my third story that I've, I've, I've teased you about this before. Yes. This was either in 04 or 05. I do not remember what year it was, but Scott Riggles takes over. Um, again, he was the varsity coach late, late eighties, early nineties. He, he reverted back to fresh soft. And then in 04, he got, he got rehired as the varsity coach. And again, I don't remember if it was in 04 or 05, but we're, we're sitting in a summer workout and his office was kind of adjacent to the weight room. And we go into his office and we're looking at his desk. There are mock-ups of new Morrison helmets. And at the time they were kind of, they would mess around with different logos. Um, mainly they would use like the Bronco, the Denver Broncos logo. Yep. You know, that, that, I guess it's the Bronco, the horse Mustang, whatever you would want to call it. It was a variation of that. And I guess, thinking of the Denver Broncos kind of like their old helmet where it had the, the block D with like the Bronco like coming out of it okay yeah that's what it looked like the mock-up was a block M with like that logo coming out of it they have some variation of that right that the school uses kind of now probably yeah probably okay um but so we so we see this yeah and we're, <laughs> there was a lot of us in there and we're like what is this he comes in and he was, he was so shocked that we had such an appalled feeling towards new helmets that it got, it got scrapped immediately. And it was just so funny that he, that one, that he had them, two, that he left them out. And then three, <laughs> that he was surprised that we just immediately shot it down. Like, this is a terrible idea. We're not changing this. But I will be a little honest. Like, I kind of thought that maybe high school kids would say something new, like, oh, no. these wings have been around forever. Like, we don't. But that's cool. Like that shows pride in the program. Like I think that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. really cool. It was it good. Was, it good was, on you guys. It was a no-brainer. A no-brainer. Um, so yeah, that's that's my history. If people skimmed through that, that's cool. Um, <laughs> but they got they got new uniforms. I think it was last year. 
Yep. They went to they went to an Adidas model. It's it's incredibly clean. It's just red and white. Yep. Um, it looks good. They they go red red lid, red top, red pant at home. Yep. And then I've seen them wear red socks and white socks. Um, and then at home or on away, it's usually red lid, white top, red pant, white sock, which I think is a really good look on the road. Mm -hmm. um, so if I had to change one thing, I would bring back the blue trim. I think that does, that does add a little bit to their uniform. But the flip side of that is their previous uniform. They tried to do way too much and they tried to incorporate gray and they had gray pants and it just, they introduced white pants those years and I thought that looked okay. Um, so, you know, they tried something new. I didn't think it worked. They went back to this clean look, just red and white. It looks great. If, if I had to change one thing, I would bring back just a, a little bit of blue, not much, just a little bit of blue in the trim. Yeah, they used to, I mean, in the state championship years, they had blue trim on the pants, which was pretty thick. It was like a thick stripe that like narrowed mm -hmm. down, but I thought it was a nice touch. But um, yeah, I went back and actually looked, I used to love their, their uniforms when they won the state championships, but looking yep. at them now, I think they kind of look a little dated. Like, I don't know that they would really work perfectly now, but yeah, I, I like the look they have. Like you said, it's, it's clean. It, it looks good. It works with the helmet. I think it, yep. it all works together. So I don't know how else I add anything to that. You, you, got, you got it covered. <laughs> more, more than you asked for. I, I, I promised it, and I, I hopefully delivered. Okay, who else, who else in the Rock? Who do, you, who do you like? What do you see in the Rock uniform-wise? Let's, let's stay with what we've kind of been talking about and go to Newman. Um, yep. Another team that we kind of talked about with, more with Western Big Six your traditional power who has not deviated away from what their look is. Um, I, I texted you earlier today. Like you could look at their, their titles from 91 or 93, whatever year it was, you can go back that far and their look would still be the same. Um, I think their, their biggest change recently is they went to a Nike template, uh, which is a nice clean look. Um, I think if they had these in the past, I don't remember them. They do have a blue pant. So there are times where they're completely blue at home, which looks cool. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. On oh that. man! All right. I don't I don't think no. I, well, let me let me rephrase. I don't think it looks bad. Yeah. I think the classic Newman look is the blue lid, the blue jersey, the gray pant, the white sock, which follows none of my rules, not a single <laughs> one. But it, that's such a good a good hard nosed football look. So um, yeah, the all, the all blue is a great look. It's a nice a nice touch without doing too much. Um, but they still uh, keep their traditional look alive. Well, uh, a bit of breaking news. Uh, Brandon Kretzmer said there are new jerseys this year. Okay. Now, I don't know if we're really like, you know, breaking that big a ground here because I'm <laughs> guessing, I'm guessing similar to how Newman's not going to go like five wide this spring, they're probably right. not going to come out with like something super crazy flashy and, and different. Yeah. You know, so I'm guessing that we're safe to assume it's going to follow the similar look. Um, to follow up on what you said, I like um, Newman stuck with the same helmet for years, and it's a really solid logo. It's easily identifiable. Yep. It, it speaks to the school. And, you know, I, when we were texting back and forth earlier, I simply texted Geneseo, Alleman, Newman. It's yep. just those three, you just can count on what it's going to look like year in and year out. Now we kind of flip to teams that they've kind of switched it up a little bit, looking at someone like Bureau Valley. I've uh, saw their stuff and I'll be honest, I loved the jerseys they wore when they won the state championship, yeah. all Navy with yep. the 
San Diego Chargers lightning bolt that was kind of rounded. Yep. And they used the Superman stickers in the Garrett yeah. Barnes era when they were yep. winning state titles. You probably remember it well because you were playing <laughs> against them. <laughs> yeah. But I loved, loved that look. I will say that when I first saw the lighter blue, I thought, oh, man, I don't know. But it's grown on me. And now I'm to the point where, like, okay, it's the high school version of the color rush jersey the NFL does. Yeah. That's what they do at home. And I like it. And I think that I – actually now like they do the air force lightning bolt which is more mm -hmm. straight ahead and downward and i think it looks great the numbers um the font and the numbers kind of match their style it just it i love their look i like their look a lot yeah i'm i'm gonna echo everything that you just said i was i was always a fan of what they did back in those years unfortunately i was usually seeing the back of them uh with <laughs> with, with the amount of speed that that team had and how good you know garrett barnes was um yeah, when they went all Navy, yep, they just looked fast. They looked strong, and that's what they were. That's why they won a title then. So, yep. But there was um, nothing that, flashy about those uniforms. There was no, no trim and, on them. There was well, very little. Yeah, you had, you had mentioned that they had the, the, uh, the lightning bolt on the helmet. They yeah. also had it on their shoulders. Oh, that's right. So, yes. So it, it, it said storm across the front, yep. and then they had, they had shoulder stripes of the same uh, lightning bolt style. So, Correct. Yeah, that was a great look. And then same, same thing you said, when, when I saw those, saw their new ones, the light blue ones, it's, it's kind of, just kind of going back and forth on them. I think they're, I think they look great. Um, maybe when you see those colors, I kind of think of like North Carolina. So maybe what if they introduced a white helmet? What if they, yeah. you know, had white pants? I would say to, to, to they do continue have, they with. They do white, they do white on white um on the road on the road okay and yes that's, so if they've mm -hmm. yeah if they've got the only thing i wouldn't want them to do is have a navy pant because that would break one of my other rules of <laughs> having the lighter color jersey than the pant i don't think that would look at either way especially in that color scheme okay um yep. but yeah if they if they wore the white pants at home that'd be a pretty cool look but even when they wear the light blue on the light blue uh yeah that's it's a clean look for sure yep what are your thoughts on, okay, so for years, traditionally, Fulton had Steamer's script written on the helmet, yes. yep. which was a classic look. That's kind of what I was used to. But in recent years, they've gone to the actual Steamer logo. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about it. One of the things I love is when a team can incorporate an original logo that is not a ripoff of college or NFL, it's theirs, and they use it on a helmet. I think it looks great. My only concern is, is that logo too detailed? Like you can't recognize it on the helmet or do you, are you okay with it? No, I'm okay with it. I think we'll probably speak on this soon with, with Riverdale. You know, Riverdale has, has the nice Ram. I love Riverdale's helmet. I do too. Yep. So no, I don't think that, at least I shouldn't say I'm, I'm too concerned with the, with the steamer. If, if that, is that what it's called? Is, is yeah. that, is the boat actually called a steamer? I don't mean I think so. to Fulton. I, I don't mean any offense to them. I'm just curious. I like that. I, I yeah. found a picture on, I found a picture online of just someone who took a picture of just a close up of the helmet and it looks really nice. Cause yeah, when, when yep. I played, it was the steamer script and even that looked okay. Yep. Um, but even on a more, uh, you know, full on look at Fulton, even with that helmet change, they've, they've kept their traditional look. Um, went to an Under Armour set, which is, looks really nice. Um, I've always, whenever I think of Fulton, I think of red lid, black jersey, red yep. pant, black, black socks. Yep. They, they kind of, I think they have black pants. I think they kind of, they, sometimes they'll go away from that. 
Um, but again, another team that you could say always has looked like Fulton, even if they've made some changes to it. Do you think it's funny? I just thought about this as you were describing it. When you look at Fulton's uniform, the way, I don't know if it's because they have like a vertical stripe down the side. They look, it looks like a power uniform. Yeah. Whereas, and that fits their team. And then you look at like Morrison last year, their team looked like a speed uniform. I I think there's something to be said about that. They fit the description like of the way their Jersey looked. Yeah. Yeah. Back in, back in the day, Fulton had, it said steamers a little bit bigger uh, across the, the place. And it had, at least their, their jerseys at home had like white, I think it was two stripes on the shoulders. And again, it just looked like a team that was going to give the ball to a fullback and run you over if they, if they could. So. Absolutely. Very, very fullback friendly uniforms in Fulton, I would say. Yeah, right. <laughs> Always and a plus. So you referenced uh, Riverdale with the helmet. The Ram looks great. I think that's yeah. a recent change in the last three, four years. They went away from this, the block kind of R that was like yeah. italics. But I, I really like the, uh, the Ram look. Orion. They've adopted the Oregon O, essentially. Yeah. But I love that they've made it like that metallic, like silver O. I think it looks really sharp. They, when they do all black, it looks great. And they, the, it's an Under Armour jersey, and it's yeah. really well done. Their road jersey, they do gray pants. Yep. They do the white, obviously white jersey with gray numbers, and the red outline looks so sharp because the gray yeah. matches the metallic helmet. Like, it, it looks great. Yeah, and not not only that, they they all wear black socks, and they and it looks like at least on the pictures that I saw, a lot of players will wear like red ankle tape, and like the whole look. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't want to do it, what I did last week with the Western Big Six. I don't want to like give away my picks. Orion is definitely there because Orion okay. is any set that they have. Like you said, yeah, they have three jerseys. They have at least two pairs of pants. They mix it up. Yep, it's such a clean like preset like where. It has – if it says Orion over it says Chargers in the front and then it's got two stripes, three stripes going across, like, they can't do wrong. Uh, sorry, they can't do any wrong. <laughs> Man, Chip Filler cannot do any wrong in Mitch Stormer's yeah. book with that uniform. I love it. I yeah, love great, it. great job. Go Chargers. Okay, uh, la- let's see. Last team that we haven't touched on yet, Rock Ridge. They've kind of flipped things around a little bit. Their helmet's unique. Their helmet's different than almost anything you see in the area where they do – the, it's almost a newer, it's a newer design helmet where there's like, yeah. I don't even know what you call that. Like the thicker, like protective, like shell in the middle. And that's all white. The right. rest is maroon with the numbers on the sides. I'm normally not a numbers on a helmet guy, but it, it's going to break my rules like twice today. Cause I got one more later, but I, I think it looks okay. The helmet is unique. It looks okay. I, I wish they'd go back to they had a rocket logo with the yeah. R yep. and they had a white helmet with that on it with um, the maroon face mask. That looked really sharp when they did it that way. And they've kind of gone away from that a little bit. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad that you, you used unique because certainly the whole set is because they have, they have bigger, you know, white stripes going down uh, yep. their arm on, on their home uniforms or maroon on the road. Um, again, I don't want to, I don't want to speak bad about any, any program. Cause I think like you said, they are doing unique, but I do think that they might be, uh, up for an upgrade. Um, and I think that that would also be a good decision to go back to that. I, I know exactly what logo you're talking about with the R yep. and the rocket and either put that on a white helmet, put that on a maroon helmet, update the jersey and the pants a little bit. I'm not a fan of, of jerseys that have the nicknames running up the legs. Okay. Again, sorry, Rock Ridge. I don't mean to be a downer. <laughs> it's just not for me. Um, so yeah, I would, I would, I would say that uh, you could do some different things with Rock Ridge because I really like that color scheme. I, I really do. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, it, nonetheless, it's a unique look. 
I'm pretty sure I could be wrong and I'm sure he'll text me if I am, but I think Jeremy Adolphson came up with that R logo when he was the head coach there. I'm pretty sure that was like his, his doing. And maybe somebody can correct me if I was wrong, but I think I've heard that before. And that's a segue. Speaking of Jeremy Adolphson, he's coaching Monmouth Roseville in the Mississippi side. Now yep. get a look at their uniform and a new helmet this year. They're going with a white helmet it will have the similar number on the side and a logo on the other side, but the number looks really cool because it looks like similar to what I talked about the Orion. It's got that like metallic outline mm-hmm. on it. It looks sharp. It's going to look really good under lights or I yeah. guess this, this spring during some, you know, afternoons, but. Right. Um, yeah. I, I want to see that look um, when they're at home, but just looking at, off of their, and, and first and foremost, they have an Adidas set looks nice, looks clean. They got great colors. That white helmet will look really good when they got their white jerseys on. Uh, so yeah, a nice upgrade on, on the lids for, for a Monmouth Roseville and it's going to work. They're not going to have to change anything else. Cause that's a good set. Yeah. I think uh, what Monmouth Roseville's done well is that a lot of teams have tried to do gray over the last four or five years. Not everybody can pull it off, but Monmouth Roseville has the advantage of that's kind of naturally a school color. So mm-hmm. they've been able to utilize it. And at home, they don't use blue. Their main color is gray all the way right. down. And with a white helmet and the kind of a gray or darker face mask, I think it'll look really good. I, I like the look that they got going there. Another t- team I want to talk about, and this one, Princeton's a cool look because they really incorporate stripes. They incorporate yep. tiger stripes. They have the Bengal style helmet, mm-hmm. with the stripes going down the side. Coach Ryan Pearson, I believe, came up with the hashtag Fear the Stripes. So it's a whole kind of mentality. It's all branded the same way. I think that's really cool. Like the jersey itself would stand out, but with that added element, I think it's really nice. Yeah, I think I think his first season, they still had their older helmet. I want to say that that was probably 2017. And I could be completely wrong with this. I think that, that so sounds I think, right. I think they introduced it in 2018. Um, so yeah, like you said, it, it's the Bengal helmet. It's similar to what Mem- the University of Memphis does on their football field. Good call. Um, yep. I think that here's my thing on Princeton. I think the, the stripes need to be incorporated on every on every level. I okay. think their jerseys are just a little busy with it, just just slightly. Certainly not the helmet. The helmet is the helmet is perfect. Okay. But um, I will say on the road when they have all white, that is an awesome look. That's yeah. a super good look. Yep. It's just something about the blues. I don't know if it's just the piping that goes along with the stripes or, or just how it kind of, you know, looks the rest of the way, but it's just a little busy for me, but okay. that's not a bad thing. All right. Who else you got? What do you see in the three rivers, Mississippi? Do you want me to hit you with my surprise pick? <laughs> All right. You, we were, okay. So we or, were texting or, back. Or, or should we wait until the end? I'll try and mask it as best I can. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Right, I'm, I'm going to pick a different school then. All right. Um, a school that we were talking about earlier, earlier um, from, from when I was playing is Prue St. Bede. Um, yes. Nice look. Great look. Um, Nike jerseys. I, I love forest green on a, on a, on a football team. Um, I think they, they can go green and gr- or white helmet, green jersey, green pant at home. I think they also have white pants. It's a really, really nice look. They don't try and do too much with it. Um, I like the B logo. I think it's somewhat similar to what UCLA uses, I think. I do too. Yep. And I was, and I was, I was, I was telling you earlier today, back at this point 15 years ago, the Prue St. Bede helmet used to be what the Titans, Tennessee Titans helmet used to be. It was 
whatever that is, because that looks like a comet to me. I don't know. <laughs> but it was it was that logo, like the ball and the streak, and it said yes. SB in it. Um, so, again, I don't know what that has to do with the Titans or what it has to do with Bruins. <laughs> it didn't look bad, um, but maybe it didn't You threw sense. me way so, off with that because I totally forgot about – sorry to cut yeah. you off. I totally forgot about that look until you yeah. sent me that picture, and I was like, oh, yeah, they did that. Yeah. So, incorporating the being – it's like a, a paw print, or at least it's like claws, so – um, going on the Bruin nickname. So yeah, it's a good, it's a very nice looking brew. Spring Valley Hall. That's a, another team that we've talked a lot about teams that have changed or that kind of tweak it year in and year out. Spring Valley Hall hasn't changed a whole lot. I like, I remember them growing up and looking almost the same as they do now, like Hall across the front and it's a short name. So it's pretty easy to put big block letters Hall across there the devil's logo is unique. Like it's mm -hmm. the script with the, you know, pitchfork coming down. Um, it's a good look and it's solid. It's just, it's solid striping. It's an old school football uniform. Mm -hmm. that, you know, I can't argue with it very much because there's, there's not much to it to, you know, to, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, it's a very right. classic look. Yeah. I remember way back in the day, it, I was at, uh, I was in Bureau Valley, as a matter of fact, uh, during those, those Oh five teams. And I think they were playing hall in a playoff game. And okay. it's the same uniform that they have now, um, yeah. or at least yep. the same, you know, same style. Um, another team that has two colors, they don't try and go away from it. It's a clean look. So yeah. Um, I really like Hall's away uniforms. I, it's something about just the white Jersey with the red hall across the front. Um, that, that whole away look really is really good. All right. Flipping on the complete opposite side of the script, similar colors, Erie Provincetown, much different look than Hall. But man, that that black jersey they got—that is slick. Yeah, um, and for the listeners, this this will be a new look. Um, it's a new Nike template for them. Um, I think that that it, the whole look really looks great. I really like EP's helmet. I've always liked that EP and the Panther logo. So another another yep. team that does a good job of of having, you know, maybe a common nickname but an uncommon logo, so to speak, or at least branding themselves to have a a, a good logo. Interesting side note, they, a few years ago when they made a couple playoff runs and they had a really good run in the Three Rivers, for a few years, they tweaked their logo to like, their color scheme almost went all black and white, mm -hmm. which yep. it, I thought it looked really slick. It kind of went away from their school colors, which isn't always the best choice, I don't think, but right. it worked really well. And the EP was like, I don't know how to describe the font, but it was almost like a like what the Northwestern end their traditional mm -hmm. font is. It was like that only it said EP and it looked, it looked cool. They, that had a good look to it, but the traditional Erie Prophets sound that incorporates the red and it's got the Panther head in it. I think it works really well with that uniform in particular. Yeah. And when you're going to see this look on the field and, and kind of like you had said, there's not a whole lot of parody in this conference. If you look at EP's uniform, Fulton's uniform, orange uniform they all got red white uh, and black but they all kind of do it in separate ways and so it's good that ep um probably didn't take that into into consideration i don't know how, how aesthetically uh concerned that they are but it's it's a different template than any other team um it's kind of more italicized i think at least in the numbers um they do a cool thing where the number isn't it's just an outline it's not really filled in so um if we're able to show the pictures of that it, it's easier to see it than for me to explain it um but yeah it's a nice it, the whites too the, the away jerseys look really nice they pop they pop off the eye yeah um i'm sure that coaches are not nearly as interested or concerned with the aesthetic look as than as we are 
I don't think so. But we don't but know. Maybe we don't are. know. That's true. That's true. We don't yeah. know for sure. No one's no one's talked about this on a podcast before. We don't know. <laughs> That's. I guess I should. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't judge too quickly. Another one I liked. Kiwani's got a really good look, and it's an it's a clean look, but it mm-hmm. it's sharp looking. And probably one of the more interesting helmets in in the yes in the three in the three rivers conference let me be let me be correct on this yes um if i'm correct and you can you can tell me that i'm wrong it's an all-black helmet but the k is on the back yes correct the k is on the back i i don't know i don't know what i know what i think about that it's it's different and i get and it's a big block one i think what when i think kiwani i think of the boilermaker i think of the orange boilermaker and i want to i want to see that guy somewhere but they don't they don't incorporate it but and that's okay you don't have to I don't, I don't know that he's an intimidating football mascot per se, um, just the way that he's, you know, drawn up. Yeah. Um, but the Jersey itself, um, it's an Adidas set. Um, and like you said, it's just super clean, three colors. They're not trying to do too much black at home, um, with orange and and white trim. So yeah, uh, a great look in Kiwani. And they're adding orange pants. I was told by yep. uh, the, I assume the head coach, um, I, he, or someone on their Twitter account. Um, and actually, I need someone on the Kiwani uh, Twitter account or somebody to reach out to us because a few years ago, I think for only one year, they had a helmet where, like the Rockridge bumper, like we talked about, mm-hmm. Kiwani's helmet, they put like the Boilermaker inside of that part. And that was really? it. And the rest of the helmet was black. I gotta find a photo of it somewhere. I, I it do not remember crazy. that. I would love. I would love to see that. I don't remember that at all. It was. It was a one-year deal. So, so getting back to the um, the Boilermaker head, what if Kiwani did something crazy like uh, PJ Fleck in Minnesota does, like the big gopher head, and they put a big Boilermaker head on the side of a helmet? Well, yeah, and I don't know if. And speaking of Boilermakers, if Purdue does that with their mascot, there's probably some iteration that they do. Maybe um, they've always been the P. They've always been that. You know that. Right. You know, yeah, so. but they, they, and they might have a logo that they might not use, but yeah, yeah something yeah. like that where it's just like this over-exaggerated, oversized, like yeah. just Boilermaker head just on the side of your helmet. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Sherrard, they're a pretty basic look. They've shuffled around a few years. They used to use kind of the Missouri Tiger type of mm-hmm. logo, I think. Um, and they have a new Tiger logo that I think is like on basketball court, other logos you see. They have not incorporated that into this jersey. This is almost very similar to like the Hall look. It's very, you know, kind of old school power football type look. Big thick stripes down the shoulder pads and on the pants. Numbers on the helmet, no logos. It mirrors LSU. And so another yep. team that just kind of embodies a tough team. Uh, oddly, they're kind of also incorporating like an Alabama-esque helmet in terms of just the numbers. So <laughs> um, interesting. It, yeah, I, I like the jersey um, with that classic look. I would I would replace the numbers with with a you know an S or like you said a tiger logo. Um, maybe just something to spruce up the helmet. But I think that that's also a clean looking shard. All right, Mitch, the talk is done. It is Uniview power ranking time now. Like I said at the start, the way this works, we each give our top four from this conference. And those teams will kind of be saved and locked away. And then in a couple of weeks, me and you got to come up with a definitive top 10 for all these conferences. So Mitch, where are we going? Who's your number four? Again, like we had talked about such a, such a strong conference. And so even I'm pretty good about my top three, but okay. the four, the four spot could have went to probably any of three teams. So 
Um, anyone who, who is listening, you're, you're doing great. I like your uniform, but it, it's a tough decision at four. This is my bias pick of the four. It's the Morrison Mustangs. If nothing else, it's just the helmet that pushes them over the top, probably over a Newman, just so I can get one more shot at Newman because I don't get to anymore. <laughs> but again, reverting back just to the red and white, like you said, it's kind of like a, a speedy type of look on the Ordea's jersey. The helmet remains the same. Morrison's number four. My number four. I'm going to the other side of the conference. I'm going Princeton. I'm going Princeton Tigers. I like the I just like we talked about when we were discussing them. I like the way they incorporate the fear the stripe kind of mantra and they put the stripes on the helmet, on the jersey, on the uniform or on the pants. I think it's a solid look all the way around. I'm going I'm going with the stripes on that one in number 4. Okay. Mitch, where's your number 3? I'm I'm picking up right where you just left off. My number 3 is Princeton. Okay. Um again, one thing that we didn't mention that Princeton does is they incorporate the stripes in the end zone on their field, which yes, I don't, yes. I don't, I'm trying to think, I haven't seen every field, so I don't want to say that no other team does that, but maybe one that embraces it better than anybody else's Princeton. Cause that looks so cool on a Saturday afternoon with the sun beating down on it. Um, Good call. Just as a Great side call. note, but, but again, as I said, when we were talking about it, it's, it's a little busy with the stripes, not in a bad way. I would just like to see it kind of dialed back, but the all white, that is, a, a terrific look uh, for a terrific team. Number three, Princeton. All right. My number three, Monmouth Roseville. And now I got to be honest, Monmouth Roseville breaks my rule. I do not yeah. like logo on one side, number on the other, but I like their Jersey. I like incorporating the gray. I think it's a unique thing that they're able to do because their color is gray. And man, when they, that white helmet pushed me over the top. When I saw that white helmet with the, with the metallic yeah. number on it, that, that pushed me over the top. I think it's a really cool look. I like what Jeremy Adolphson's doing out there. So I'm, I'm going with Monmouth Roseville as my number three. Okay. All right. Number two. Number two. This is, this is one that I've teased to you. Yes. That I like. I like it a lot. Spring Valley Hall. The Red Devils is my number two in the Three Rivers. I love this look. I cannot awesome. explain how much I love this look. Okay. It's just, it kind of follows the Morrison thing where it's just, it's two, it's two number, sorry, two colors. They don't try and do too much. I, it's, maybe they just got them, you know, you know, like New Jersey's last year because the pictures that I saw, like the red was crisp, the white pants were crisp. Either that or they do a real nice job of cleaning because <laughs> they look so good. Um, I love the devils on the red helmet. Yep. And like I said earlier, the away look is just, is, is my favorite. So um, a good job by Hall, my surprise pick, my number two, might make a run later on. I don't know. Good job for the Devils, number two. All right. My number two is going on the opposite end of the spectrum here. And this one surprised me too, because I didn't see it coming. I'm putting Bureau Valley at number two. When uh, Coach Pistol sent me the picture with that blue look of all those guys lined up on the sideline, Man, it just looks – I love the idea of, like, that color rush look like I talked about. Yeah. Incorporating into high school. It just looks cool. And, you know, being called the storm and having that a lightning bolt that kind of adds that energy to it. It's just – I think the color is perfect. And I never thought it would be better than the navy blue look. But it, I do. I really like it. So, yeah. well done, and, Bureau Valley. I'm going number two. Yeah. And that – and especially, you know, hopefully in the spring if they're playing – I don't know if they if they're – playing at any certain you know times of the day but 
that look on that field where it's just wide open out there yeah. on route 40 that'll yeah. look nice that'll be that'll be a nice clean look on a on a spring blue sky that's right correct this is it it is go time it is your number one uniform in the three rivers the track eight as you would call it Mitch. yeah Sorry. right <laughs> the track eight the big rivers whatever it is number one i teased it earlier it's orion it's the chargers they they do not do any wrong they've got multiple sets um i i'm hoping that they embrace it there because they're doing a really good job and i don't think that's a coincidence so yeah they're number one uh probably over any any western big six team too um it's just it's it's such a good look man that is that is big time praise coming from you hard and hard to it's gonna be hard to beat i'll say it. it's gonna be hard to beat that i i'm gonna you know no suspense here i'm with you i'm orion orion's the best jersey they, they, they yep. look great um i've loved it I really like their road look, the way that they incorporate the white with the gray pants and just the O plays into it. Like, you, like you've always said, the helmet doesn't match the pants, but the way it all ties together, it right. looks awesome. It's yeah, such a it, good it, look. It, it breaks those rules, but there are always exceptions. And, you, and when, when you do it right like they do, yeah, every time. Love it. Credit, credit, big shout out to Chip Filler. If, if he was the man behind ordering those uniforms, job well done. Job yeah. well done. Keep it up. Keep, it don't, good. Don't, don't change a thing. Keep it and, up. And I should have mentioned earlier when we were talking about them, I saw a Facebook picture that Chip sent out several years ago when he was toying with the idea of the same Oregon O, but on a white helmet. Mm -hmm. And man, it looked cool. But what they color, never did wait, what, it. What color was the O? Was it red? I think it was like a red outline with, okay. the, with the metallic yeah. middle. It looked really cool. They never went that way, but I wonder, yeah. if, you know, maybe we could talk some people into raising some money, buy some extra helmets. That's pretty expensive probably, let's, but. Let's sell, some, let's sell some pies. Let's wash some cars. Let's do something out <laughs> there. Right. Let's, let's get one. Let's, let's right. do it. All right, so there we go. There's the rundown of our top four uniforms in the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. Mitch, they will all stay in a separate little pool, in a separate tank. We'll revisit them. When we have to do, me and you are going to be tasked with the definitive top 10, and we can't make our own. I think me and you got to fight it out, and we got to, we got to battle out with, you know, Bureau Valley and Hall and Orion and Rock Island and all of them. Yep. So yep. we're going to come up with a definitive top 10. So I'm going to say next week we're going Lincoln Trail. Okay. So next week, prepare yourself. Yep. Look at, he's already writing it down. He's already preparing notes. It's just, so I, don't forget, it's just so I don't forget. But I hope it's, I hope it's similar to, to prep for, for this one. I, I hope that I'm going to be pleasantly surprised with either things that I'm not quite thinking of or maybe someone has something new uh, because to, to follow up not only the, the, the WB6 but the Three Rivers, uh, I hope they're up for it. We'll talk about it on the next episode. Well, Mitch, before we get out of here – I think with all this uniform talk, it's important that we let coaches, players, fans who see different uniforms they like, let's start using the hashtag UniView, U-N-I-V-I-E-W. Hashtag UniView. This is the UniView power rankings that we're a part of. And Mitch will definitely agree with me. If you got cool stuff, we want to see it. We want to talk about it. So, you know, use that hashtag, send them our way. Let's, uh, let's keep the conversation going. Am I right? Yep. That's right. All right. Well, Mitch, that's all we got. Go do your homework on the Lincoln Trail and report back, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get after it next week. Sounds good. Can't wait. 
That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.